number 6. And I'll relay the title in a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll be in verse number 15. Why don't we stand together for the reading of God's Word. Read a few verses here. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Our text verse tonight is verse 20 here. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We'll pray and then you can be seated. Father, thank you for the privilege to stand and proclaim your word. Thank you for the privilege to serve a risen Savior. Lord, I ask tonight that you would use this message to rekindle in the hearts of the believers, God, the value of our service to you. And I, I pray that you would speak to that one that's nearest hell. God, they need salvation. Lord, they need Jesus Christ. I pray that you would move and work. God, may I not hinder, Lord, tonight your work that you want to accomplish. May you be seen and uplifted and glorified above all else. And God, use us this day, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Question for you, how many shoppers do we have in the house tonight? How many shoppers? How many of you like to shop? How many shoppers? Be honest now. How many shopaholics do we have in the house? That means it's not an addiction unless you're trying to quit, okay? <laughs> but we all know somebody that likes to shop. We know those people that literally shop till they drop. It takes two days to recover from the Black Friday specials. But there's something about shopping that makes it more intriguing and a lot more enjoyable. And that's when you find a good deal. That's why Black Friday is one of the biggest sale days of the year. Because it is a day that sales and good sales are available to those that choose to do the weird thing and camp out front of the electronic store. We want all we can get for the least amount of money. You'll drive clear across the county to go to the grocery store because you have a 50 cent coupon. You're laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> we used to aggravate my mother because the gas prices would rise. I'm not going to tell you she's sitting over here for those of you that don't know, but we used to aggravate her because she would drive all across Hickory to save two cents per gallon on the gas. My dad would sit and say, you're burning it back off on your way home. <laughs> you're not saving anything. But we'll do that. We'll drive and drive to save. We'll spend hours, if not days, shopping Amazon and eBay and Walmart to make sure we don't spend a single penny more than we should have to for the, that product or that service. And heaven forbid that somebody would come up to us and tell us they got the same thing we got but they saved 50 cents because then we're all sideways and upset. Because they got a better deal. But we'll do all of these things. And we'll make a transaction. Because we got the best deal on our purchase. We got the most product for the least amount of money. 
We got the best service with the least spent. And there's something that motivates us to go that route. It's been said that men will pay $2 more for something they need and women will buy something they don't need if it's on sale. Because we we like the idea that we got a bargain. We'll make this statement. We want the most bang for our buck. We want all we can get. And we want to brag on our good deal. I'm guilty of that. I love to take somebody's reward app and use it against them to gut their cash register while I'm buying their product. I love it. I like to go in, I'll come home, and I'll get a a deal somewhere, and I'll come home, and I'll tell her, guess how much this is worth? But guess how much I spent on it? Because we like the most bang for our buck. We want the best service. We don't want to pay for services from someone that is going to stand around. You don't want to pay somebody by the hours to work on your home, and you drive home and they're standing around. You don't want the guy that's got the reputation of cutting corners when he's framing a new room or any part of your house. You don't want that guy. You want service of integrity. You don't want somebody that's going to come in and charge you an absorbent amount. I read a post the other day. It says, needed someone to do exterior painting. Experience is not required, but you must be able to work with your, without your phone in your hand. And that's the day we live in. We don't want the guy that's got to be on his phone all the time. We want somebody that's diligent in his work. We want the most for the least. Simple fact is, whatever we buy, whether it's expensive or whether it's cheap, and those two figures will be different for every individual, but they cost money. They cost money. They cost something. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 20, if you would please. I want to read this phrase one more time. For ye are bought with a price. So the question begs now, what is that price? What price was paid to buy me? What price was paid to purchase you? Revelations 5.9, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. Notice this next phrase, by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Then Acts 20, 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. And then this phrase, here's our purchase price, if you will, which He hath purchased with His own blood. Not His money. Not everything in the world but he has purchased with his own blood. Blood was the purchasing agent in the transaction between God and us when he purchased our redemption. It is said that you get what you pay for. I think most, a lot of people would agree, you buy cheap, you get cheap. You buy quality, you'll get a quality product. And when we're dealing with money, that's an easy computation to make. It's easy to understand that if I'm going to go uh, to the Dollar Tree and purchase something, I'm not going to get the same quality earbuds that I can get there for a dollar that I'll go buy at Best Buy for 40 and 50. 
It's very easy to compute that when you're dealing with money. But the challenge comes. How do we compute the quality of the purchase of Christ, when Christ's blood is the purchasing agent? When there's not a numerical value that you can put on. It's not about $10, it's not about $100, it's not about $1,000. But it is the precious blood of the only begotten Son of Jesus Christ. How do you place the quality of the purchase that Jesus is making? How do you put a value to that? And I would say this, it's not that you get what you pay for. But when the Christ's blood is our purchasing agent, it is that we become like the one who bought us. Christ. It no longer is about God getting what He paid for because you and I know our righteousness is filthy rags. And God truly got the short end of the stick when He purchased us with His blood, the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. But the goal, the object is He doesn't look at me and gauge me on the quality of the purchase. He looks and says, I want you to be like me. I want to create somebody with a Christ-like. Christ paid an awesome price for our sin to be cleansed, for us to be free to live with Him in heaven. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You and I do that. We seek to save. But ours is bargain hunting. This is a seeking of any and all. I'll take it all. I'll buy every one of you. I will wash any of you. There's not the lowest sinner that can't be bought again by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'll take it all. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I tell you today, I submit to you that Jesus Christ wants to buy you with His blood. There's, there's nothing you've done, there's nothing you could do that would hinder Him from wanting to save you. Amen. And for you to be born again into the family of God. When I make a purchase, I have several expectations in mind. When I go to buy a product or I go to pay for a service, I expect some things when I buy it. And we learn throughout God's Word that He has expectations of us. You and I will make the statement, I want the most bang for my buck. We know what that means. I want the best value. Tonight I want to preach a very simple message on the most bang for His blood. The most bang for His blood. I believe we can relate some of our expectations and our trivial purchases to what God expects in His purchase. After all, we are created in His image. So when we are purchased by the blood of Jesus, I believe God deserves and expects several things here. And number one, I'd like to submit to you, I believe He expects service. When God comes by our way one day as a lost sinner, March 16, 2003, I would bow in the little white church over on the right side of the altar and I would ask God to save my soul. 11-year-old boy. When God came by to make that purchase, He had some expectations in mind. And I believe one of those expectations was service. When When I purchase a product, I expect a service. From the simplest of items, if I go and purchase a candy bar, that impulse shopping at the cash register as you're checking out and you're waiting for the person in front of you and you pick up that Snickers bar. I want that to be a fresh Snickers bar. 
I want that to be satisfying. I want that to satisfy my sweet craving. I have an expectation. I don't want to open it up and a bite have been taken off of it. I want the service from that candy bar that belongs to me. I want what's rightfully mine. If I purchase a car, I want years of dependable service. These are monetary things, all purchased with money. So I, I ask, how in the world does God look from heaven? When He looks at us, purchased by His blood, what kind of service does He expect? We're not dealing with monetary. We're dealing with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I want to submit to you, our service should be reasonable. Our service should be reasonable. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your, notice this, reasonable service. May I say a living sacrifice gives the idea that we can still do and we can still function, but we are surrendered in all. It, it literally is the idea that no matter what God wants of me, no matter the service that God expects from my life, the day that He made the purchase and bought my redemption through His blood, it is that I am fully surrendered. I am fully willing to do and to present my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Not the world, not the things around us. Holy has this idea pure in heart and motive. That my, my motive is Christward, not outward. And that it is acceptable. It literally has this meaning. It's pleasing. Received with pleasure. I want God to receive my service with pleasure. I don't want to have to look at the service that I offer to Him and it be anything less than pleasing to Him as my Father. The thought of this living sacrifice encompasses a lot. I would say that there's much that it would exclude. That there is not much that it could exclude. It is our all. We will love God with all of our mind. All of our soul. And I must say, we do God no favors. May I say that again? We do God no favors. Tonight as I stand and proclaim the Word of God, I do God no favors. It is my reasonable service. Tonight, if you sang in the choir, and I, and, I, and I appreciate your service to the church and the ministry of Salt Rock Baptist Church, but you've done God no favor. If you stand and, 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 and serve in any capacity, any role, we've done God no favor. Because we can never match the price that He paid to purchase us. It's reasonable. What that means, it's expected. You know, it's expected that God's people be in the house of God. I think it's fair that God looks and says, hey, I expect you to be in the house of God. It's reasonable that God would look down and say, when are you going to read my word? When are you going to pray and talk to me? When are you going to tell somebody? I think it's okay that God expects. He says, it's reasonable. I'm not asking anything extreme of you by asking you to be faithful and wholly committed and asking you for your service. We've been bought with His blood. When I make a purchase, I expect service. But secondly, I expect satisfaction. I expect satisfaction. 
I don't want to settle for less than I expect. It's disappointing. We've all, I would say, purchased something. We're excited. We're looking forward to that step, whatever we've been wanting. And we get it, and we pull it out of the box. Say, boy, that's not what I expected. But we've all bought that thing that we got it on sale. It was clearance down. I think I could use that. We get home, we tear it open. And we're like, man, this exceeds my expectations. And I'm satisfied with the purchase. Many places will have a satisfaction guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, bring it back. Matthew 5.16 says this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to submit to you that the ultimate satisfaction that you and I will give to God is His glory. Is that He gets the glory. Now we have two things that we must do in order to help other men to glorify God. Number one, we've got to let our light shine. And may I tell you, if you're lost and undone without Jesus, you don't have a light to shine. You need a light to shine. You need to meet Jesus Christ tonight so He can give you that light, so you can allow it to shine under the men of this world. But we've got to let our light shine. And may I say, the light shining in the church house is of no use to the world. We've got to carry our light to the job. We've got to carry our light to the store. We've got to carry our light in our conduct as we drive the highways. We must carry a light and let it shine. And then secondly, there's got to be something in order for men to see our good works. We've got to have good works in our lives. Now this is going to be deep, deep thought. But in order to have good works, you have to work at it. It's not going to just happen. If you, want to, if you want to do something for the cause of Christ, if you want to extend your service, you want God to be satisfied in your service and what you do for Him, you're going to have to work at it. It's a, try, it's a daily process. And not just any work, but a good work. God looks and says, I want a good work. Not a haphazard work. Not a so-so work, but a good work. And I understand, and nor would I preach, that we're trying to work to earn our salvation. But may I say, our works may show someone else the way. Yes. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, notice the next phrase is dead. You know, dead, something dead cannot give life to someone else. Being alone, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. I want to go so far as to say that our works is the completer of our faith. It is. If you read on down in that passage there in James, it talks about perfection. The idea of completion. It is the thing that brings a completion about our faith in Jesus Christ. May I say, what a return on His investment. Call the ROI. Any of you that's ever made any business decisions and you know you're about to step into a level of growth, you understand it's going to take an investment. But the idea is you want your return on that investment as quickly as you can get it. And you make that decision in order, the best decision that will get you the money rolling back to be profitable as quickly as possible. A return on investment. May I say what? A return on an investment for Jesus. When He saves us and we get busy bringing glory 
to the name of Jesus Christ and someone else gets saved. What a shame that we go years and years and years and years of knowing what Jesus Christ has done for us. Knowing what Jesus Christ wants to do for the rest of the world around us, our family, our friends, our neighbors. And they never hear about Jesus from our lips. What a poor return on Christ's investment. But may I say, if we want to satisfy Christ, we'll bring glory to Him. And within a short period, we ought to tell somebody about Jesus. That He might have glory. Number three, when I make a purchase, I want a purchase of sincerity. And I'll, I'll explain. I know we don't think about that when we go to Walmart and buy something. But I want a purchase of sincerity. The idea when I go shopping for services, I want a sincere service provider. I want somebody that brings me confidence. I want to buy something or pay somebody that assures me they'll be right and they'll be fair. That's what I want. I have been willing to spend more money or even sometimes less if I have been convinced of someone's sincerity in their service. I will pay more if I'm convinced they have good service. I have personally went under anesthesia and had surgery because I believed the doctor was sincere. I had to have ear surgeries and, and, and the doctor told me some of the worst case scenarios. And he would he'd stand there and he was a very blunt man. And he would, he would talk to me about that, what they're going to do to reconstruct my eardrums and to go in and work on these and what's going to be required of me afterwards. But he made one statement that I totally surrendered and said I'm fine with him doing my surgery. He said I enjoy doing ear surgery. I would do it all day, every day. I believe and I went under his anesthesia in his hands, ultimately under the Lord's. But as a doctor, I trusted him to those surgeries because I believed he was sincere. May I say, I believe God wants a sincere heart from his purchase of us. And it's deeper than believe. I know he does. Joshua 24, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Sincerity means this. It's freedom from hypocrisy. Disguise or false pretense. It's as the sincerity of a declaration or of love. You know, you can trick myself. I can deceive you tonight. But you won't deceive God Almighty. He knows who you are. He knows how you are when you're not in the church house. He knows what you said this week. He knows what you thought this week. He knows how you treated your brother and sister in Christ this week. And you might come in and you might put on this mask of hypocrisy. You might put on a disguise or you might bring in false pretense, but you won't take that before God Almighty. 
You won't go to God. You can tell me and everybody around us, I just want to serve God. I want to love God. I want to stand for God. But you won't deceive the Master. You won't deceive the very one that created you, the very one that knows everything about you. He knows if your heart's sincere or whether you live a life for show so that way everyone at the church house thinks you're okay. He knows a heart of sincerity. And I ask you tonight, how sincere is our heart in service to God? How sincere is your heart in service to God and the commitment that you have given Him? I'd like to give you a couple truths of consideration for this thing of sincerity. May I say, first of all, sincerity does not hinge on convenience. Sincerity does not hinge on convenience. If I serve God only when it fits my schedule, I am not sincere. If I serve God, if I, if I serve God and I walk into the church doors only when it fits my schedule, I'm not sincere. Well, I'm sincere in all that I can give. You're not sincere. God has a greater expectation than us just walking in at our leisure. He expects sincerity. It's not hinged on convenience. And then may I say sincerity continues through the challenges. When we're sincerely serving God, through the challenges of life, we continue if we're sincere. Sometimes the challenges will reveal how insincere we are. Yes. I don't want God to have to bring challenges to reveal an insincerity in my life. I want to do all I can to have a sincere heart to serve Him. Because He bought me with His blood. May I say number four, when I make a purchase, and when we look at this thing that God purchased us with His blood, I believe God wants it settled. He wants a settled purchase. I suffer from a very challenging condition. Challenging. It drives me nuts. It drives my wife nuts. It even bothers Brother Ronnie at times. It's chronic. But I suffer terribly from buyer's remorse. Anybody else suffer from buyer's remorse? Terrible. And it doesn't matter. I can it can be the the most smallest of purchases and I have to go get counsel on why it's okay. It can be from, to some of the most largest purchases I've made in my life and I've got to go get counsel to make sure it's okay. And I suffer from that. <laughs> Truly, I'm, I'm, it's funny, but it's, it's aggravating at times. But because of that, I can buy some of the smallest items and question it. I can buy some of the largest items and question it. But because of this, I also have experienced the joy of when I don't have to go that road. When God's made it clear. Just pure, settled enjoyment. I believe that's what God wants. I believe God wants a settled purchase. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without buyer's remorse. I'm just, without wavering. Without wavering. For He is faithful that promised. When we accept Jesus Christ, I want to say it's not a 30-day trial. It's not the purchase where you buy it, you get it because it's a good deal, but make sure you cancel when they renew the 30-day trial. 
and you've got to cancel the subscription. May I say, when we accept Jesus Christ, it's not a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's not a 60-day try it, like it, whatever, money-back. It's a permanent thing. It's a settled purchase. And God, may I say that God is settled in His purchase. And you and I ought to stop testing the waters. You and I ought to get settled in this thing that Jesus Christ has purchased us by His blood. And He deserves a whole lot more than what we're giving Him. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Notice this. God settled. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. It is time, it is time, it is time that we as Christians settle our devotion to God Almighty. It is time that we settle this up and down, wishy-washy, in and out, and we settle our devotion to God. You know what I'm so thankful for? I've been asked the question before. Uh, somebody will say, well, what if I decide in a few years I don't want to be saved anymore? You know what I love? I love the fact that we have a long-suffering God that knows He says, no man gets that option. Because once you're born again into the family of God, you may think you don't want it, but I know you would regret that. So I don't even put the option on the table. We're in His hands. No one can pluck us out. It is a settled purchase. And then number five, when I buy something, I buy it, buy it with this thought, a sole use. S-O-L-E, sole use. The idea of it doesn't belong to anyone else. If I purchase something, I generally have an intended purpose for it. I need it for something. I want someone to ask me before they just walk up and assume they have liberties with it. I want somebody to say, hey, may I borrow such and such? If they just walk in and grab it, I don't favor that too well. Because I bought it for my use. I didn't buy that tool for everybody and their brother to not have to buy theirs. I bought it for my use. I hate to borrow things. I do, but I hate to borrow things. Because I am constantly worried about it breaking under my care. Driving somebody else's car. You just think that that first bug's going to hit it. That's never hit it before. Anything. And I, the idea that I'm responsible for something of somebody else's. I want to tell you something. I don't believe we serve a God that purchased us with the blood of His Son. I don't think He ever intended that He would get the opportunity. I don't think He's at all interested, actually, that He would have to borrow you from the world for a couple of services on a Sunday. I believe we serve a God that says, I want you for my sole use. I'm tired of sharing you with the world. That's not why I purchased you. That's the kind of God we serve. A God that bought us to have us. No man can serve two masters. For either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Did you hear that? You can not. You can't think, well, I can balance it. I can make this work. You cannot serve God and mammon. No man can serve two masters. Yes. And it's time that we accept the fact that God wants us for His self. God has no intention of sharing us with the world. No intention.
I don't believe that God is going to be near as understanding as you and I are expecting Him to be. When we excuse ourselves from His house, shame on you. I don't believe that God's going to be near as expecting when we excuse ourselves from His work. I understand we live in a busy world. I get it. I understand that our jobs demand more and more and more of us. I understand. But I'm going to tell you why we're giving it all to the world and we're excusing ourselves from serving God in some capacity in the church house. I don't think God's going to be quite as understanding as you and I are making Him out to be. I don't think God's going to be quite as understanding as we excuse ourselves from His work and say, God, I'm just too tired. God, I can't read today. I don't know that God's going to look and say, you know, you were working real hard at the factory that day. You put in those 16 hours. You don't have to visit your bus route this weekend. I don't think God's going to look and excuse it near as much as we think He is. I don't think God's going to excuse it when our walk slips. Quite like we think He is. He's a gracious God. Don't misunderstand. I'm talking about the time when we step into a place where we think it's okay. When we see something slipping and we excuse it instead of addressing it with the Father. For thou shalt worship no other God for the Lord whose name... Did you notice this? This is not a description of who God is. This is His very name. His name is Jealous. But then now we get to a description. Is a jealous God. He carries the name jealous. He's described as jealous in Exodus there. I have a feeling we serve a jealous God. I have a feeling He's probably tired of looking at His purchases, hobnobbing around with people who aren't of His kind, hobnobbing around with the world, living like the world, acting like the world. I have a feeling there's a God in heaven that says, I purchased you. I never intended to let you slip to the world and to share you. I want you for a sole use. One last thought when we're talking about a purchase. Me. I told you I love to come home and brag on the deals I got. Sometimes I can't even make it home. I have to call her and tell her. And then I get home and I reiterate and I show her the receipt just to make sure it's... But there's something. And I close with this thought. I want to save money. And number six, when God makes a purchase, I believe He wants to save all He can. Now, I need to explain. I'm interested in saving money. I work hard for it. So when I make a purchase, I do want all I can get. But I want to tell you, when we're talking about God wants to save all that He can, I'm talking about you. God wants to save all that's in this building tonight that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Hey, there's no stipulation. He's not bargain shopping. He's not looking at you and saying, "Mm, maybe this one will do a little better. He wants to save you all. If you're sitting here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that Jesus has more than enough blood to make another purchase tonight. And He wants to buy you. He wants to love you. He wants to own you. He wants to save all of you. Say, well, I've got, to, I've got to get past this. And I've got, I can't because I can't turn this leaf over. And I can't, you know, I just can't live it. But you can. But if you'll make the purchase, you can live it with His help. You know, when I go to the Walmart shelf and I'm going to buy something, 
It doesn't look at me and say, I can't live with you. You know what happens? I buy it. It no longer has the option of where it lives. You know, when Jesus Christ buys you, you no longer have the option. You're His. And He wants to save you. He wants to help you to live that life. I challenge you tonight, if you've not been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're not going to be able to serve. It's not going to be settled. You're going to live a life up and down, in and out, grabbing at everything this world has to offer to satisfy something that only, that only the blood of Jesus Christ can cover. And you're you're trying to satisfy something that cannot be satisfied. He is interested in saving you. Dear Christian, may I ask you tonight, I can tell you personally that God is not God, the most bang for His blood from my life. May I ask where you're at? Will somebody see Jesus Christ in you? Are you settled in your devotion? Am I safe you're here tonight? And the word Christian means nothing to you because you're not a Christian. Get saved. He wants to buy you. And it'll be the best transaction you've ever been involved in. Purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. The best bang for His blood.